Well, welcome, Keenan. Thank you. To the podcast and also to Singapore. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Yeah, we have heard about you for a while now and we're really, really excited to have you on our show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, um, you've done amazingly for yourself since you debuted like in 2020. Thank you. And I just wanted to start off the podcast by introducing you so to our audiences who don't know Keenan. He is an Asian-Australian singer-songwriter and also TikTok creator with yes. over 2 million... <laughs> <laughs> followers on TikTok and Spotify and I'm not just bringing up for the numbers like, I personally think that's like very very impressive thank you so much yeah it's so, so surreal yeah <laughs> so I wanted to know like can you tell me a bit about how you got started and your music journey so far yeah well I mean I've loved music ever since I can remember mm -hmm. um, singing and playing piano it's always just become it's always just become like such a natural thing for me. Um, so I've loved music for a really long time, but it's only really been in the last two years where it's become a full-time career for me, which has mm -hmm. been really exciting. Um, I started posting covers on TikTok at the start of the pandemic in right. 2020. And I was very lucky that my first few uh, TikTok videos went viral overnight. Mm. And that was just like, a weird experience. I had never experienced anything like that before. I remember... After this one video that I posted, um, it was Britney Spears, <gasps> Hit Me Baby One Oh time. my gosh, I love it. And I love that. <laughs> it got like seven or eight million views overnight. Mm. And I remember my phone vibrating so hard <laughs> in the middle of the night that it woke me up. <laughs> like, and it was... Just vibrating itself onto the floor. <laughs> it was literally buzzing so hard. And I remember looking at the screen and the notifications were flying in. Oh my gosh. I've Surreal. obviously turned off my notif yep, notifications <laughs> since then. Um, but yeah, ever since that moment, I really wanted to treat TikTok um, strategically. And mm. I knew that my end goal was always to be an artist. Um, so I wanted to use a TikTok as a way to kind of catapult me towards that goal mm -hmm. so I was really strategic about it I started posting like seven or eight videos a day mm -hmm. on TikTok and that was at a time where everyone was stuck in their houses yep. so everyone was consuming social media and content like way more than usual um, so I think posting a lot really helped me kind of get to a million followers in less than a year and then now two million mm -hmm. um but yeah, ever since I kind of realized that there were people out there that cared about my singing and me, I started teasing my songwriting. And it was when I released my first proper song, Dependent, um, and that the response there was just incredible. I love that track. Thank you so much. It's so um, heartfelt. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It was, it was so cool to see so many people relate to the song and you know a song that I had written at three in the morning mm. in my bedroom now millions of people are responding to it and loving it so that was a really cool feeling um and then ever since then I've just been releasing music and sharing my story through my songs and it's just been I mean it's my dream, dream career like it's been amazing um that's so cool like Thank to hear you. that you came from like really not having any expectations yeah but then really being able to like pivot overnight yeah and you mentioned something really key which is you started to treat tiktok strategically which yeah. i i don't think it's a bad thing at all and i think that a lot of artists 
maybe they do feel that it's a bad thing yeah. to you know spend so much time content creating rather than focusing on the music process and yeah. you mentioned that you spent you, you know at the beginning you were posting like really really consistently what do you feel about the balance between like spending time on the creative process of like songwriting and you know honing your craft yeah. and the importance of like you know honing your presence on like social media and like spending that time engaging with your audiences I think they are both equally as important. I think that it is really important to perfect your craft. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always said that I want to make sure that the songs that I release are as close to perfect as I can get them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always want to be 110% proud of what I'm putting out. So it's really important to yeah, perfect your craft and practice and spend time improving but it's equally as important um, to connect with people around the world. Mm-hmm. I think if you want to turn this into a career, then, you know, fans are such a big part of it. Like exactly. fans are pretty much what makes or breaks your career. Mm-hmm. Um, so making sure that you're engaged with them and creating a really open and safe space for them to be in is really, really important. So I think both are just as important. And I know that social media sometimes gets a bad rap, yeah. um, but in this day and age, like social media is so valuable, um, especially as independent artists. I, I feel that now more than ever, independent artists have such, like more of a level playing field when it comes mm. to releasing music. Um, as compared to people on labels and stuff, because you can literally write a song, produce it out, post it for free on social media and gain an audience from that. Yeah. And it's like, so, yeah, so valuable. So I think both are equally as important for sure. Mm -hmm. I think it's, you're, you're right in that the process has become like more democratic. And now we see that like a lot of labels, they are just, you know, trying to feed off what you guys are creating. Exactly right. Even, even the platforms and themselves, because, you know, I actually work in distribution, so right. I, like we work closely with all the platforms. And at the end of the day, when I talk to them and I see what kinds of things they're asking from artists, they don't know what they want. <laughs> they want like the secret sauce that you guys have. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it really becomes down to like what, how you are creating that very unique engagement with your audiences, which I think is like something you do really, really well. Thank you. Yeah. So I was wondering, like, you know, you mentioned engaging is so important and creating that safe space is really important. Like what's your secret sauce or like, what's your way of like engaging with them? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I can't give away all my secrets, but (laughs) I think, I think the number one thing is to be, authentically you Mm. I feel that people have followed me because they're interested in finding out who I am and um what my story is so I think just you know I'm just myself like I post random stuff sometimes on my Instagram and um I try to be as raw and authentic as possible and really let uh my fans into my life um in a way that lets them get to know me as an artist, but also me as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one key thing is to really know your audience mm. and to know what kind of things they like, what kind of content they want to see. Mm. Um, and I've found that when I treat my... Because I see all my fans as like my new family. So mm-hmm. I just... I treat them as I would treat my friends or my family. Right. Um, so that, you know, stuff like 
showing the music that I'm working on that hasn't been released, for mm-hmm. example. Like that is such, um, and I feel like it's such an intimate thing to share with it the is. world. It's scary. Um, yeah, and it can be really scary, mm-hmm. but I think that that has really helped um, kind of creating that connection with your fans um, that's more than just a fan-artist relationship. Mm. Yeah. That's really deep. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting deep. <laughs> we are. I mean, like, I think you really hit the nail on the head. Like, creating something that's outside of a fan-artist relationship, it means, like, you as the creator are, like, redefining your relationship with the other people listening. And I think that's a power that only creatives have. So that's mm-hmm. really, really cool. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, in terms of your music, because you mentioned that you listen a lot to what your fans have to say yes. about your music and about what kind of content they want to see you create. But I f- also feel that you create your music from like a very like personal place. Yeah. So how much do your fans influence the actual, you know, songs that you're writing, like the kind of music that you write? Um, I think every time that I write, I do have in the back of my mind, like, is this something that people can relate to. Mm. I think that's something that I have really tried to achieve with my music is like, I want to share my story and I know that I've gone through a lot of things that a lot of people can relate to. So Mm. I want to kind of make music that helps people in their own situations. Um, Even with my song Scars, you know, it was about a romantic relationship, but I've seen on TikTok people relating it to other kinds of relationships, like yeah. their friends or whoever, whoever it may be. So I try to write about things that I've gone through. Um, but a lot of the times these things can be kind of shifted and people can take it how they want to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely always thinking whether or not this is something that people will be able to relate to for sure Mm, i see and speaking of your new song scars like it's so catchy i love it so much like (laughs) thank you so much playing through my head all the time (laughs) but um i think that you did a really really good job in actually converting people from you know your tiktok following into you know following you on streaming platforms and things like that and listening to the song and streaming the song so can you share a little bit about like your thought process in terms of like the rollout, like the content strategy. Yeah. Um, Definitely a big strategy that I have always stuck by is making sure that my social media posts and content reflects who I am as an artist. Mm -hmm. And it also reminds people that I am an artist. Mm. I see a lot of musicians try to catch viral moments by jumping on trends and stuff like that. And that's, you know, super fun. Um, but for me personally, I've found that making sure that every single video that I post is singing or music related, Mm. um, kind of lets me control what kind of people are following me. So people that follow me want the music content, content. they want singing content, they want to know what songs I'm writing. Mm. Um, and I think that's been a huge factor in kind of, creating a social fan base but then also seeing that translate over to streaming as well yeah but i think that you make it seem so easy but (laughs) it's really not like um i think that um being able to find the right people is one thing 
but you know how because you started doing covers yes and then moved into that space and i feel that you did that move from covers to like original content like really seamlessly thank you yeah because i see a lot of people on tiktok like creators and amazing musicians who you know started from covers but they sometimes even do posts where they're like you know this is my like hundredth day of like trying to show you my own music but it's just not really relating in the same way yeah so how do you like is there anything else about that conversion of like um people who are liking you as a cover artist and like moving them over into like liking your original music do you think it's the same audience that you're bringing on on the journey with you or is it a different audience um i think it's a mix of both Mm -hmm. i think the same audience um and I'm very grateful to be able to say this, but the same audience that found me for my covers have mm. supported me now with my original music. And I get a lot of messages of people being like, you know, I used to watch your covers and it's, Aww. and now I love your music. And that's such that's a nice full circle moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it comes down to that relationship that you create with your fans um, at any point in time. Um, like I said, I've always been, I've always tried to be as real and authentic Um, So even when I was posting covers, you know, people were getting to know me as a person. Um, So it's it's kind of like, you know, when your friend, if your friend decides to now release music, like you're going to naturally want to support them. Right. Um, But it also does bring in new followers and new fans, Mm -hmm. Um, people that don't necessarily like watching covers, um, but like original music. Mm -hmm. And we were having a conversation earlier, like, the need for original music, I feel, has grown so much. That's amazing um, you feel that way. Yeah, I feel, I really feel that more and more people are more willing to, you know, find new artists and support them. Mm. Um, I think it it is also a bit of a trial and error as well. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of time and planning and thought has gone into kind of that conversion from just a cover artist to now at a original music artist mm-hmm. um and just like yeah being strategic seeing what works trialing it all out and yeah you'll, yeah. you'll find it out eventually <laughs> i think there's a certain level of discipline that's needed as well <laughs> definitely there's a lot there's been a lot of hours of hard work and planning and discipline for sure to try yeah. and make that jump for sure mm. Well, I think that other than being, you know, really prolific right now in the online space, you are also like a really good live musician. Thank you. So can you share a little bit about, you know, how you feel like because you started during COVID, right? Yes. Before that, did you have a lot of like live experience? Yes. And did that help you a lot in your whole journey? Yeah. So growing up, I, my parents used to drive me all around Melbourne (gasps) to... Any performance that I could do, I would sign up and I would do it. I remember when I was 15, it was my first Mm -hmm. live public performance. It was a, like a, a festival that was held by the, like the council that was for those suburbs and the crowd was literally my family, (laughs) the two organizers, and then maybe like two people that were walking past. Bless them. And... (laughs) You know, I my parents used to drive me around on the weekends to do those kinds of performances. Yeah. And, I mean, I didn't know it at, at the time, but I feel like every single performance um, kind of gets you ready and you're, mm. like, constantly practicing and you're constantly kind of 
perfecting your craft. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, when I was younger, I literally, any performance that I could do, I would try and sign up and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool to see things that I didn't even realize at the time, but little performances or opportunities that I had as a little 16 year old mm-hmm. kind of snowball into yeah, me now. For sure. Um, and I still have people that come up to me or message me being like, oh, like I remember watching you on at whatever. <laughs> at just some random. At some random event yeah. when you were 16 and like was just hitting puberty and, oh. you know, and it's like, I feel like everything happens for a reason. Mm. And even if it doesn't feel like it's your dream career in the moment, mm. I feel like everything kind of contributes and molds together. Mm. Wow, what a journey. And your parents are so supportive <laughs> yes. to do that for you. I've been so blessed to have a really supportive system and family around me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've always known and could see that I loved music and I love singing ever since I could even, before I could even talk. Right. Um, so yeah, my parents have always been really supportive of my career. That's so great. And speaking of like the live experience, like I think that brings a different dimension to like when you create content as well, right? Yes. And like, I think a lot of musicians nowadays don't have that, like especially in Singapore because um, like during COVID, it was very, very restricted, like yeah. live performances. So a lot of musicians that have come out during this time, like are not confident live artists. Yeah. Um, do you feel that the live like experience is a very very important part of like you know continuing your music journey and like continuing to build that relationship with your fans definitely i am actually just starting out to do live stuff mm-hmm. as an as an original yeah. artist um and it's been amazing like i had a sold out show in my hometown a week ago oh i think i saw that yeah and it was incredible to hear everyone sing my lyrics Back like to you. Back to me, word for word. Um, but I definitely feel that, you know, them being able to see me in person, watch me perform, hear my story, and kind of see how passionate I am about mm-hmm. my music is a whole different experience for yeah. them. And, you know, you can post as much as you post yeah. online, but when you meet your fans face-to-face, it's a whole different thing. Um, I held a little spontaneous meet and greet in Singapore yesterday. Yes. And it was just amazing to see people in person for the first time and also, like, get to know them, hear... And, like, so many people were saying, you know, your music has helped me and stuff like that. And it's just, like, strengthening that personal connection, I Mm -hmm. think, with your fans. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely a really important part. That's so great to hear. I think a lot of people need to have that mindset because for me, like, I mean, it's not really about, you know, the fan, fangirling or something like that, but it's like when you are experiencing someone singing live, you get all the dimensions exactly. of that experience, yes. not just the person singing, but like, you know, how they engage with the audience and yep. even the atmosphere of being there with like your friends, maybe they're yeah. friends of them as well. It just like everything just comes together and Definitely. it creates like this bond, which you like you, you won't forget as easily than just like swiping through exactly. you know, someone on TikTok. So I think that's really great that you have that mindset. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one last question for yes. you. 
which is that you know as i mentioned there's so many young musicians who are starting out in their bedrooms nowadays yes on tiktok on social media we love it yeah trying to make it um do you have any advice for them i think my biggest piece of advice for aspiring musicians is to just keep persevering and keep going i think that you know, the music industry or any industry for that matter is very cutthroat mm-hmm. and there are going to be a lot of no's and a lot of closed doors. And I know even in my short career span, there's been a lot of missed opportunities and things that I wish I had gotten, but it just didn't work out. But I think that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you keep going, you're eventually going to reach those goals and, you know, I'm a big believer that one closed door just means that you weren't meant to go in that Mm. direction. So I think the biggest thing is just to keep going and to keep practicing and keep doing what you love. I feel like when you're really passionate about your own music, um, a no is not as hurtful because you're really like strong in your own belief. Exactly. And you, you know, You know exactly who you are as an artist. You know what you can bring to the table. So Mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, just to keep going. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for being here and for like giving all this advice. Thank you so much for having me. Nuggets of gold. (laughs) (laughs) Every single time. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. And like, I hope you really enjoy the rest of your time in Singapore. Thank you so much. It was great to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you.